You're listening to Barely on Topic with VA. When I think of a slap shot, I think of defenseman. It's like the only shot. I, this is what I got. Let's do it. Nick. Here comes the bagel boy himself. Anthony. Joe Sackman Sacco. Jeff. Then I moved to Canada. And Tim. Probably not. Welcome to Barely in Topic. It's the final episode of season two, which makes it something in the 30s. I don't know. I don't care. So here we are. We've got Jeff and Nick and Tim and myself. We're all going to talk about some recent developments with the Bruins and possibly some other things. But first, I want to say congratulations to Tim on becoming an uncle that's a pretty big thing. How's it going? Thank you. It's actually been pretty good. After the initial scare where she ended up having to stay in the hospital for a week after she was born there, um, everything's pretty going pretty well. I actually watched her for the first time by myself yesterday for like an hour and a half. So that was big. I basically just held her the entire time and didn't move because I was like, I'm not moving. <laughs> and um, So that was big. Uh, she's doing well. She's actually, when she was initially born, she was uh, seven pounds, four ounces. Uh, she's now about three weeks old and she's eight pounds, ten ounces. So she's gaining weight and uh, she seems to be doing pretty well. That was a good tactic on your part, because that way you can ensure that nothing was going to go wrong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the dog at this point is pretty jealous of her. He'll start barking if we're like holding her and not paying attention to him sometimes. So not moving was like the best just because like if he gets close to her, he tries to like lick her feet and kind of she's not sure how to like she's not sure like what this is yet. So, yeah. How's uh, is the cat handling? Is the cat just does not fucking care? The cats actually, at initially, so far hadn't really cared. But last night, um, my sister and I were watching her in the living room, and we have this like, it's 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 a it's a chair that we uh, bought for her that she can sit in it, and it has like toys that hangs down, and it actually vibrates. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time we've had put her in it, and she was on the floor, on the ground, like the chair was on the ground. The cat walked up to it, kind of looked at it, sniffed a little bit, and then just backed away slowly. So he's either really afraid or not sure what to think. The vibration might have been the problem for the cat there. <laughs> True. Once the cat understands that it's this sleeping ball or bag of warmth... The cat will be like, I want to lay down right here. This is really warm. This is where we go to sleep. Because that's how it was in my family. Hey, same with mine. There's a picture out there of the um, uh, cat sleeping in the bassinet with me. The cat is larger than I I was. Aw. Yeah. And the crib was where the kittens went when I was a baby. And I think my dog tried to bring the puppies in there, too. (laughs) (laughs) There was also a litter of kittens born in the bassinet with me at one point. (laughs) <laughs> um, apparently, apparently not thrilled about that <laughs> yeah i i could see why that's not like kittens being there is one thing being born there mm, but um, yeah just a bad play there kitty i know my mom loved you but that was just a bad play <laughs> that's that explains a lot about you jeff no it doesn't just kidding <laughs> And, I will also say, too, she's pretty strong at this point. She can almost hold her head up by herself right now. 
that shouldn't right. be possible yet. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like, and she and she tries to do it a lot. Like she she goes for it quite often, which is impressive. And she can get a tight little grip on your fingers. So yeah, she's uh she's pretty awesome. We uh, yesterday when I was holding her, she started sticking her tongue out at me. So I did it back to her, and she just like looked really confused, and then started wouldn't stop doing it. So we went back and forth with that for a little while to amuse <laughs> ourselves, I guess. <laughs> Oh, Tim. Tim's an uncle. And we're going to have more stories on Uncle Tim. And baby... Lulu. Lulu. Okay, there we go. Her her name's Lucia Marie, but uh, we call her Lulu. Lulu. There we go. So check back for regular updates on baby Lulu. Now Nick recently relocated. Yes. I live in the land of hurricanes, which is still about two hours from the coast. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I get it hurricane joke um too soon so <laughs> i'm not so, laughing about the uh, the the devastating hurricanes i was just yeah. laughing about your hurricane joke yes yes thank you i was um, laughing about the devastating hurricanes no no i was not <laughs> <laughs> um so and uh i moved uh for educational reasons i had to pick up a new job and i got a job at a uh, regional uh, upscale grocer. It's in a very nice part of Raleigh as well, which I, I actually, I, I love working there. It's uh, so far working out very well for me. And just the other day, I was stocking some citrus fruit and in comes Justin Falk of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, all-star defenseman of the Carolina Hurricanes, and what I presumed to be his girlfriend because they were holding hands. So, and I'm like, oh my God. And I freeze up. And I, my uh, coworker thought is because I was looking at this uh this gorgeous woman and she was pretty I'm like i don't care about the lady that's justin fuck oh my god and his girlfriend comes by and she goes ah, oh because i was working with the citrus and his girlfriend's like oh are he's good I'm like oh oh here you go this is a very good lime and i helped her pick the best lime. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing um, is she was looking for lemon wasn't she uh, no. <laughs> Actually, she was looking for pears, so he was way far off. No, no, no. I think I can talk women here. I I know what she was looking for. She was looking for the right limes for those margaritas they were making, the sweet margs that they were making later on. It's true. I I gave her the hookup. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to say something to Justin Falk, but, you know, I was in uniform. I was at work, and I decided just to continue about my business. But, um... I hopefully we'll see him again. What you should have done was you should have whispered to him, "Are you Justin Falk? Are, <laughs> are you you you're you're a defenseman for for the the Carolina Hurricanes? It's really you! Oh my God, that's what you should have done. Or been like, "Holy Falk!" <laughs> <laughs> I would have said, "Are you related to the guy who played Columbo?" <laughs> oh, I understand that reference. <laughs> you you do or you don't? I do. Okay. I really do. I've I've watched Columbo many times. Uh, That's random. Yeah. Uh, actually, Justin Falk. Let's see what they have him listed as. Because I say he was probably about my height. Yeah, they have him listed him as six feet. So yeah, he really is about that tall. Oh, yeah. they only they only fudge it on short player. I'm short and light players. Mm. Yeah, like like the 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 Red Sox continue to tell us that Dustin Pedroia is five nine when there's no way that he's above taller than five seven. Yeah, five nine <laughs> is code for five seven because I I actually 
did see Tori Krug that one time and did do the Tori Krug, the defenseman for the Bruins. I did that to him. And he is like two inches taller than me. Seriously. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, Ooh. yes. Uh, I was one last story. Uh, a coworker of mine used to work on uh, another part of town where the extremely nice hotels are. And he too is a hockey fan, I found out. And he said he once saw uh, Bergeron in his, the retail shop where he worked. Ooh. Neat. Anyway. I'm done. Really? Oh, perfect. What was yeah. he buying? What was the size uh, on it? What color was it? He worked at REI. Oh. Which I, and okay. so Bergeron, I guess, was going hunting or I don't, I have no clue. Hunting. REI is like, like. Hiking. Like, uh, hiking. Camping. Boating. Okay. Not, not hunting. Yeah. Well, you, you got to hike sometimes to, to, to hunt. But that's a different animal. That's, you know, Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops, not, uh, not REI. Yeah. I've never been inside an REI. Um, I got my hiking boots there, and okay. uh, I think we might have bought a canoe there. So, would it be like Eastern Mountain Sports? It's, yeah. it's very similar. Um, tends to be bigger. There's not a lot of REI stores, I think, or at least didn't used to be. There are more um, online mail order. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But like their, their 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 store, their headquarters store in Seattle is apparently really cool because like they have a rain room where you can test rain rain gear. Oh, that's God. fun. <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like Bass Pro Shop has a huge store in I think Tennessee, and it's there like um the the YouTube page Dude Perfect. They do trick shots oh. for different sports. They actually spent an overnight there and it was insane. The place was absolutely enormous. Had like this big like pyramid looking In Pigeon Forge? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And they have like like it has, you know, your your basic pond for fish. You can test out different things. Even had a place to like order food inside the Bass Pro Shop. Like it was crazy. Yeah, and there's an air pellet shooting range. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, you, you brought up some old memories of mine when I used to live uh, in Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> they did the world's longest or the world's tallest basketball shot from the top of the pyramid down and made it. Wow, dude, perfect! Anyway, great videos. They're fun. Speaking of pyramids, <laughs> yes. Giza. <laughs> go on <laughs> when I go out to Vegas to go see the Bruins take on the Vegas Golden Knights I will be Vegas staying, baby I will be staying in a pyramid oh now. wow oh you're staying at the Luxor are you I I am I picked out a room so that I had a room that the wall facing out is is uh like I don't know with the like I don't know 60 or 45 degrees <laughs> <laughs> it's a pyramid yeah it's slanty <laughs> that's fun i am very excited about that cool it's becoming more and more of a reality as the season is eventually going to become a reality um i'm trying not to get too excited but i'm saying a pyramid vegas baby <gasps> mark andre Fleury is like my favorite non-bruin right now just because of everything that like the vegas snapchat is absolutely amazing, and they do so much stuff with Marc Andre Fleury, and just everything since then, since it's he's lot, been gone over there, it's been awesome. It's, it's, it's a lot better than just seeing uh, Reed Duke play soccer by himself all the time, which is what it was for a long time in there. <laughs> well, um, it's true. He was the highest scoring Vegas Golden Knight at one Speaking point. Speaking of the Golden Knights, they scored their first ever goal in a game today. Uh, Wong scored it. He scored a second one. He's now Wong has scored two goals today. Oh, if scoring's long, I don't want to be right. 
Oh, man. Him. Oh, God. Oh. I was going to say, let's get him into the Hall of Fame right now. Do it. Yes. Retire that jersey. (laughs) What's his number? I don't even know. Probably 69. (laughs) It's hilarious. Yeah, things are are going to be fun for the next... uh, early part of the next season because uh jeff's gonna be away i'm gonna be away (laughs) and we're gonna figure out things as we go along i guess but uh we'll achieve normality sometime around the end of october probably probably but i'm gonna see three bruins games in the first like six i think so i'm pretty excited listeners be prepared for the puns there's gonna be so many (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah, okay, you know what? I got to ask you a question, um, Tim, because I saw this today. Opening night is October 5th, and I got my tickets. They're downstairs. Uh, so I'm obviously going to be watching that. And not the Patriots take on the Bucks. What are you going to do that night? Yes, so I am actually doing a... Uh, I'm actually going to do a, a split screen. I'm going to actually have the Bucks game on TV because it's very rare that there's a Buccaneers game on TV in Maine. And I'm gonna pull have the Bruins and Knights game on the laptop on a stream just because I can't I can't miss an opportunity to see the Bucks on TV. It's one of those things that like the last I it reminds me of the time back in 2000. It would have been 2008 when uh the Buccaneers were had a Monday night game and the Red Sox were playing the Tampa Bay Rays in the 2008 ALCS and I was switching back and forth because just That's Bucks on TV. Do. Yep. And the wrong Tampa Bay team won that day because the Bucks lost and the Rays won. Yep, I was just curious because I saw that today and I'm like, well, I'm going to see the Bruins, so I'm not going to watch the Patriots, but I hate Thursday night footballs. Good for you. You get to watch it in two formats. Yeah, Thursday Night Football is awful. The only thing I like about it is I love the Bucks uh, red color rush jerseys. I actually wish they would adopt them as their normal red jerseys because I like them a lot better, just like the color scheme. Um, with the all red and then the pewter numbers, I just think it looks a lot better than their current red ones. All right. Okay, so there was something big that happened this week. <sighs> That I'm kind of glad that uh, we probably didn't spend all summer talking about it. By the way, we wanted to record more this summer, but we had a lot of things going on. You didn't get to hear us complain about this thing all summer. I mean, um, you heard, get, they got to hear us complain about it a bunch of times, but maybe less than they would have otherwise. Oh, I was talking about George Peros. Because- <laughs> oh, no, 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 no I'm not talking about that. I'm, I am talking about the uh, the David Pasternak uh, second contract. Woo! Okay. Nick? No? Woo! You know what I have to say about that, guys? This is where I was going for you. Carry on. I I, I think this confirms something I've been on for quite some time. Swingus! (laughs) There it is. (laughs) All right. I have a a bunch of questions that I didn't put to you before the show because I kind of wanted to have surprise answers. Sneaky fucker. They're not going to be that hard. Okay, so obviously it took all 
fucking summer to to sign Pasternak. I mean, he signed what was it? The second day of, of or the, it was the day that they were doing all of the uh, testing. Yes. Yeah. So it basically the first day of signing uh, of uh, training camp. So it took all summer, and you know we had all sort. We'll get into that in a little bit. The Dreitzeidel deal probably complicated things, obviously, because all sorts of numbers were thrown about. There were numbers that were thrown about that we sat there and we looked at, like, that's their offer now? That wasn't the first offer? You know, it was just a lot of, like, weird communication going on. Why do you think it really took so long to sign him? I mean, personally, I think I think the uh, both uh, Pasta and the Bruins wanted to do a seven- or eight-year deal, but I think... The money wasn't high enough for Pasta to forego another two years of UFA at this point in time. That's the big thing. In the end, we are buying zero UFA years um, with this deal. Which I guess before we discuss more, um, listeners, those of you that somehow don't know, uh, it's uh, six years at $6,666,667. Basically. Exactly. Um, Maybe that's why I'm so uneasy about it. <laughs> the number um, of the beats. And, and then the actual like uh, pay structure is a bit more convoluted because there's uh, signing bonuses and random years and the base salary roller coasters, depending on years where there's probably going to be a uh, lockout and so forth. Yeah, and a little then, bit of um, lockout protection for him. Yeah, low salary in possible lockout years. High salary in years there will not be a lockout. <laughs> and there's some there there's some wording in there, isn't there? Like uh, that's similar to no movement or no trade clauses or something. I I not haven't until the end because no one over. I think you don't get you're not eligible for for uh, no for uh, movement movement and trade clauses until uh, quite close to UFA status. Right. So it's like year five or year six, right? Um, both. I okay. don't. Um, uh, Cap friendly doesn't have the more specific details. But I, th- I believe it involves oh, yes. giving them a list. Of yeah, sorry, teams. never mind. Yes, it does. Player submits a ten-team no-trade list while also having no movement on those two years. Wow. Okay. So that just means he can't go up or down necessarily. Right. Can't be waived. But then. He precipitates a 10-team no-trade list. So hypothetically speaking, if, oh, good, God forbid, they want to trade him in those years, there'll be 21 team, 20 teams they can trade him to. Right. You know what? Maybe I gave you a question that was maybe a little more esoteric and a little harder to answer. Why do you what? think he signed... Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want to take a stab at it? Okay. I mean, the Leon Dreitzel deal didn't occur until August 16th, and that was holding up a lot. So I think the better question is... Why did it take from August 16th up until now to get the deal done? And well, simply put, I think they were extremely far apart. To me, that deadline, that that counter, the clock, whatever, to sign a deal didn't begin until August 16th with the Leon Dreitzel deal. So, in actuality, this deal didn't take all that long to take place. took, uh, well, you know, about a month. Change that bad. I would would agree with you if everybody didn't fucking complain about it every day <laughs> since july 1st <laughs> and, and how everyone somehow assumed he would fuck this up it doesn't make any fucking sense you know who you, you, you know what two players didn't have contracts last year going into camp jacob truba and hampus lindholm oh. lindholm the best defenseman of his age in the league Troba, pretty fucking good, okay, you know. And it wasn't nearly as big a deal. Maybe just because not, we're not exposed to the idiocy of those fan bases, just the idiocy of our own. I don't know. A track record with younger stars. 
whether it be, you know, the fault of our own or others, there is a pattern there. <sighs> but is it, though? There's really, in this case, there's only Kessel and Dougie as your, as your tie points. Because Sagan had no problem. He was signed. He was on a long-term deal when they traded him. So that's 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 a different animal altogether. Ah, and both see, but, those cases were guys who didn't want to be in Boston. Yeah, but a lot of people don't remember all those details. They they will choose the narrative that fits their yeah their opinion. The, the, all they really see and remember is, oh, three guys, three young, talented guys left Boston. Honestly, I mean, I was around for the, the Sagan trade as a as a fan and i really don't know or understand what was going on with that and i choose not to sit and dwell on it as a fan it happened it sucked but now here's the thing is it's all gone now well we we have to move on or you're just going to sit here and be pissed off at the bruins forever and ever and at which point i'm like why are you still going to be a fan that's my honest question because if you're going to constantly be pissed off at the management of the team for, uh, for trading away this guy, well, then you you need to do something better with your time because being pissed off at the team doesn't do anything. There's shitheads that still grumble about the Joe Thornton trade, which I'll point out, the team won a cup since then. Um. Right. Uh, you know, now the Dougie thing, I will tell you, I'm still a little pissed off about that. I'm not pissed off at Sweeney. I'm pissed off at the idea that Dougie, it seemed like Dougie just didn't want to be here. I don't know if that's the true story, but that's the one that I'm stuck well, on. That's one that even media guys like Ty Anderson's adamant about. Dougie did not want to be here. Ty has asked him about it directly, and Dougie refuses to speak about the matter. Which mm. probably confirms it, right? I would think so, yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing, the only, beyond Dougie not wanting to be here, the only other thing that annoys me with that, and it's it's more of an annoyance rather than being upset or pissed off, is that it didn't seem like anyone else really knew that Dougie was on the block. So you don't know if he got the best possible deal because maybe a team that didn't really understand that he was really on the trading block didn't have a chance to put in a bid. That's the only thing that I am a little annoyed with. But beyond that, I mean, the trade happened. It's done. It's over with. And the Sagan thing, as much as we get um, people get upset about it, it was different management like it was Chiarelli it wasn't Sweeney I think the big problem with both of them ultimately really is the haste and the eh, returns in both cases yep that's exactly it but they can't be compared fairly because okay so they traded for for only players in um uh, in 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 the second trade and there were only two actual players in that because you know some of the others were Joe Morrow and Matt Frazier um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but the Dougie one, because it was all picks, that's a different animal. We still don't know how we won about that. And I got other matters I rant about that, but that's not really related to this discussion. This isn't the same thing at all. But, you know, some of us are still upset about the Johnny Boychuk trade. Or <laughs> were upset about it. I think I'm probably over it now. We got Brandon Carlo from that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he wasn't a young guy. I'm just saying, like, you know, we can be pissed off about trades, but eventually you have to work through them as a fan. I, I saw someone circulating this list of uh, a team made of all players that were were, were cheat rally rejects, and it was such an intellectually dishonest list. Yeah, because, I mean, because it included on there. Exactly. Like, 
<laughs> it's like it included guys that went UFA. It included guys that were traded. It included. It was the, it was a stupid fucking list. It was, and the other thing I think that people are upset about the Hamilton trade is a lot of times when it comes to trades and fans and fan bases, not just the Bruins, this is a lot of fan bases, is when you trade a player that's good, you immediately want to see your return on the investment. Immediately. And we can't see that yet with Hamilton and where that's something that a lot of fans have a hard time when you don't see the immediate return on the investment, then they just start to say, well, it's a terrible trade without knowing. If, especially if they're top six or top four or you're starting goalie. Okay, you know, that right there, I am going to say this, Brent, that I mentioned this on on the, on the Twitter chat thread yesterday. A lot of people keep ranting that oh our three guys from the first round in 2015 are the only ones not to have played not to have played an NHL game. That is objectively false. Ilya Samsonov, Noah Julson, and Nick Merkley have not played a single NHL game. Furthermore, there's four other guys that have only played one game, three more that have only played two, and a bunch of others that have played under ten. Why? Because they had cup of coffees before getting sent back down to juniors. Can I just say something? As a yes. fan, I, I don't I don't really care about that as long as they do at least show some kind of promise soon. Oh, I agree completely, yes. I'm just saying people rant about this on Twitter frequently, and it's straight-up false. Right. Well, the other thing, too, is with that, is, yeah, with yeah with hockey, um, younger a lot of times younger players play quicker than in other sports. However, if I remember correctly, some of the Bruins' picks that year were some of the younger players in the draft. How can you? You're not. You, players have to be ready before you actually call them up, and with sometimes it takes a little bit longer for a player. And also, DeBrusque is looking pretty good right now, and Sinitian was pretty awesome in this last season. And Zaboral is well, Zaboral, Zaboral. So <laughs> basically, Zaboral, Zaboral is Carl Shrug. Um. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I guess I, I don't put that kind of timeline on these things. What's the use in trying to pressure somebody to be ready if they're not ready? What does it matter if this guy's not ready just yet? Will it? What if? What I want to know is he going to be ready next year? You know, are we looking at? You know, it's like if, if, especially the guys who are like maxing out of their years in, in junior, they got to be ready to go to the AHL the next year, right? I mean, otherwise, where are yeah. they going to be? So that's that's the kind of thing I want to know. Development is a very important thing. It isn't just we take this person from juniors, yeah, and then we put them in the NHL. No, it's not like that. And that's the thing. I think the AHL is also kind of looked at as a uh, almost a prospect graveyard of sorts because people don't think that a player is going to be able to kind of develop and stuff. And if he's not ready for the NHL right of the way and he has to go to the AHL, well, that's it. He's done. Over. Well, you know what? I, I This is the one of the good things about Bruce Cassidy and Kevin Dean, who has recently come up to join him uh, as an assistant. They believe that the AHL is a developmental league. This is the place where you develop your talent. You know, it shouldn't just happen in juniors and then you just come up and play in the AHL and you either make it or you don't. It should be a place where you take the talent you have and develop more skills and then move up. And some people don't move up. And, and you know, on stuff about that, I really like some of the quotes coming from new a from our new AHL coach, Jay Leach. Like, I really like what I'm hearing about his philosophy and stuff. It's like, okay, this guy sounds this guy sounds legit. <laughs> so is he continuing on in the like the same thought process as the the uh, the now NHL coaches? 
Well, I believe he was – what was he? I think he was one of Dean's assistant coaches last year. And of course, Dean was one of Cassidy's assistants. So, so it's the best of all so. worlds. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have that – this is a very important thing to look at. If you have that same philosophy running through from your AHL team to your NHL um, – um, your AHL affiliate to your NHL team, you're you're actually in a good position because you believe the same thing across the two platforms and you should be able to develop the talent that you have waiting in the wings. And, and that's the thing too about, about, you know, we make all the jokes about Jay, about Jay Pandolfo, but um, he was, you know, player development coach, then director of player development before being an assistant coach, which means all of the prospects that came through along the time while he was doing those jobs who are now graduating are guys that have developed in the way that he's been trying to get them to do so. This is actually a very aggressively structured team, top to bottom, from a managerial standpoint. You really stop to think about it. <laughs> right, and I think that goes all the way up to Sweeney. I don't know if it goes beyond Sweeney. I'll be honest. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But let's just talk about Sweeney on down. Please, Nick? Yes. Can you uh, give me the, the, the term that I need? Uh, hierarchy? Players? I, I... Sweeney, yes. Swingus! Sorry. <laughs> Swingus on down, right? It's like the same philosophy. You know what? I got, I'll interject real quick. I am listening to you two guys go back and forth. I'm like, wow, this is really good stuff. Oh, shit. I'm on the podcast, too. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick, it's okay. You, you'll jump in and yeah. and say what you have to say uh, you know um and, and that's fine it's just that it, i actually think this is a much better, more interesting topic right now than what we probably had planned <laughs> oh i agree no i, I guess like which is like, why like, i kind of like a little bit of chaos you know what i mean controlled chaos and here's the thing also with all i want to say too about that about like kind of like the development side of things people it seems like with sports that aren't baseball prospects have to like hit right away coming from a giant baseball fan so there are like four to five sometimes six minor league teams that you hit before you hit the majors. Mm -hmm. Like, it is so much of player development, and there's so much focus in it, that to me, when a player that's drafted in 2015 isn't in the NHL yet, I'm like, well, in baseball, he'd barely be above single A. So... I don't really care at this point. Like, it's one of those things where people need to have that mindset. And I think more leagues are starting to place more money and resources into development, especially with, I think, hockey is doing it a little bit. And I think uh, the NBA is doing it with their, well, they call it the G League now because Gatorade took over as the... Uh, partner there but um their development league is they're starting to see it more as a, a tool to develop to develop their team at the major league level the high level rather than just dump players for the heck of it i wish the nfl had a, a true developmental league leaving it to the ncaa is not a, a good idea because there's a big difference between that ball and pro ball. And there's a big di philosophical difference. So like I, they had NH, uh, NFL Europe and I wish that they had kept that up and it was popular in Germany, but not really anywhere else. And uh, so they just couldn't sustain it. I guess they could have, but they didn't. 
Uh, so the guys that need time in football just die on the vine and on practice on practice squads. Then do they? Yeah, it's kind of what it is. It's kind of what it is. They and it's unfortunate because there have been a couple leagues that have tried to start up in the last maybe five to, t- to ten years to try to offset that. One of them was the uh, UFL, and it only had like two or three seasons, unfortunately, before they kind of died out. And I. Leaving it to the NCAA is tough because a lot of players are leaving the NCAA after their sophomore season, and they're so young. And with football, there's just so much. The body chemistry is the biggest thing, the di- a big difference. And like you said, the philosoph- um, philosophical difference there where the pro-style game is so different from the college-style game. And they, they, they need... NFL Europe was awesome. I think that they should they should they needed that. And you know what? A twenty year old coming out of college is just doesn't say, have the same kind of mental makeup that a twenty two or twenty three year old has coming out. You know, it, it seems like it's only two or three years, but it's a big difference. It really is. I mean, I mean, honestly, it's like I wish that they would still have that thing where they had to stay in the whole time, but they. There's not much I can do about that, but they a, a league in between would be great. But anyway, getting back to the NHL, I think we're in a really great spot with the Bruins where we have this this whole philosophy that just kind of unwrapped and unraveled this, this year during the summer. It's like you could just see people getting into different positions, moving up within the organizations, you know, and they all believe the same thing. And I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. This is the time to get rid of all of your old grudges. Okay. I, I it, the thing that drives me the, the most nuts about this, this, uh, this fan ba- base is that they will find a way to snatch joylessness out of every situation, every situation. And I think that's why, you know what? I got to tell you, I, I looked at the Pasternak deal. It happened. And it, I, it's like, I should have been like, fucking hooray but i've been like when's the other shoe gonna drop and it's not because of the organization i think it's just because i'm so fucking down because i read other fan shit you know you know what i say we retire number 32 (laughs) that's of course john sweeney's number um like, (laughs) like but instead of it you know like it actually being a rafter because that's like, oh, that implies we're, we're retiring because he was a player. No, like, it, the, the banner will actually be a business tie. And they'll just put the number 32 on that to imply his his uh, managerial success. And Sweeney's. Sweeney's. Don Sweeney's Sweeney. <laughs> he if did go to Celtics Harvard. Can, if the Celtics can retire a number for a coach, then why the hell not? If the Minnesota Mild can retire number one because the fans are number one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I wish you were making that up, but you're not. No. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, why, why not? And the thing that makes me the most happy about this team, too, is just all the homegrown talent. There's so much. And I think that's kind of the best. Guys that you kind of watched. Aw, what's that? VA, you got something to say? You're glowing. I'm sorry! <laughs> <laughs> um... I wanted to I meet think... him at the fan fest, but I fucked oh. up my ankle the day before and I couldn't go down. I was so sad. I wanted to see him more than I wanted to see Brandon Carlo. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Damn. I think right now it's a very exciting time to be a Bruins fan. Uh, I mean, really, if you want to extend this back till maybe 2009, being a, a Bruins fan, 
course, we won a cup. We uh, went back uh, to the finals. We had a, a very, very brief slump. I mean, we consider some teams have been the slump their entire existence, nearly. Um, uh, Coyotes. Ki- the Coyotes, the Atlanta Thrashers slash uh, Winnipeg Jets, Fancy Cats. Yeah, the Fancy Cats really only have two good years to talk about. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> what about the Mild? <laughs> There's the Mild worse. are awful. They're terrible. Oh, of course I they are. That. Yes, yes, so they're worse. Bad hockey. God, it was awful. I mean, they're mildly entertaining. Uh, not if you watch that series, Timmy. Not if you watch <laughs> that series. That series that went on two games too long. Actually, six games too long. It was just the worst. Yeah, so. Two awful shades of green, if I remember correctly. Oh, God. I, uh, and I don't I now have to wear an awful shade of green at work. Go figure. You should never insult the color green. We'll find a way to get back at you. I, I don't Fucking know if green, there are too man. many. I don't. I like green, but I don't. I have know. to wear lime green. <gasps> I love lime green. Oh god! Like an you, un, like a. You know what you should wear? You should wear cobalt or indigo or midnight blue. Any of them. Choice. This is huge form at work. No, he can wear like a. Like an undershirt. Yeah, I can. And they can. The undershirt can extend. Beyond the sleeves of the regular shirt. See, lime green on itself, I can see how you go, oh, God. But you, when you put some accent color in there, it is fantastic. My, I painted my office basically lime peel because I love it. Actually, you did. I did. Wait, and does anyone, anyone hear lime the peel? Here, I thought it was yellow this whole time. Uh, it, I mean, it's a yellowy green, but it's lime peel. That's It's called cut citron, actually. So it's not even actually lime peel. It's like that inside of a lime but i love that color i think it's a great color I'm colorblind you don't like it uh, but going back to being a bruins fan <laughs> makes me think about cam neely yeah that's true because cam has a habit of saying exceptionally stupid things in interviews yeah um, i used to get pissed off when he didn't confront felger and maz like after a while he stopped talking to them and then he came on last season and he talked to them and i was like you know what you don't look at, like anything but a coward you look like you're sweating through your thing it's like i'd rather just not hear from you anymore just go away um that's the way i feel about it i i think that what we need to do as fans we need to look at like sweeney and think about what he's doing and what he's trying to create a- among this and-, and hope that Cam Neely is not going to get in the fucking way. But anyway, as you were saying about Cam Neely. Um, yes, Cam Neely. I was one, I mean, it makes me wonder, especially after this deal, when the, the Bruins' original offer seemed so insultingly low that maybe, and we just assumed, oh, that's got to be coming from management, upper management, something beyond Sweeney. Maybe Neely and the Sweeneyists are actually closer than... Uh, we give them credit for. I don't know. I think that Camley does the bidding of the Jacobses. Which, yeah, I mean, that, that is his boss. His job is to be the voice of, of, of uh, Jeremy and, uh, and Charlie. Not really much anything else. Did their play overlap ever? I don't yes. really know. Oh, yeah, they were teammates for a long time, yeah. Yes. Sweeney's first year was 1988. I mean, there's a chance that philosophically they're a little bit closer, but I think Cam, Cam Neely is the heavy uh, for the uh, Jacobses. Well, basically, my get, my, realistically, I think what Cam's there for is the Jacobses recognize that they're incredibly unpopular. So they hired Cam Neely, a pretty popular guy among the Bruins fan base, to, to, to be their hatchet man. Well, a friendly face. People, everybody likes him. Maybe. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kick his ass, Seabass. I-, I want to like that. 
I want to like that Cam Neely, but the Cam Neely I've been exposed to has been kind of timid and seems to balk at situations that he shouldn't. I, I, I get where you're coming from, right? You know, like you. I mean, uh, I think, uh, well, I mean, you know, we both came into the fandom fairly late. You're later than me, but still, I'm pretty late, too. So I only know Cam as the executive. Right. Me, too. Right. I, I listened to the special on 98.5 Sports Hub about Cam Neely, uh, and I thought that was very interesting, but um, I don't have that experience with him. So to me, he's just um, a guy who does all right or does something that I don't really agree with. I, I prefer not to think about Cam too much. I prefer to focus on Sweeney and the rest of the organization below him, uh, because I think that's where I can be sane. Yeah. And as a, my only complaint about Sweeney is that he probably shouldn't negotiate with UFA with 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 with, with UFAs. And even then he's got some good results, right? Um you know, I mean the, the Riley Nash signing has been fantastic. The Don Moore signing was great. Um there's nothing to complain about the Paul Postma signing or the Ken Augustino signing even if they go nowhere. Tim Schaller. So really it's just um the back end for the Bolesky deal. See, here's uh, here's the thing. He he's really he's I think he's fantastic at spotting kind of the diamond in the rough talent, but beyond but then when it, he tries hard to kind of get that big name, that big upper echelon player and kind of falls flat there. But I think he's fantastic at noticing talent um kind of where other people may not necessarily see it or um, value it as much as he does. Hmm. Right, right. Well, I didn't want to sit here and and go completely off the rails on Sweeney, but I think that it's kind of good for us to kind of draw a line in the sand and just say, Bruins fans, this is what you need to do. You need to get over some things. You need to celebrate the positives and you need to acknowledge that, yes, bad things happen, bad contracts happen, but we shouldn't be fucking dwelling on them the whole time because if you're going to be fucking miserable about everything, then why are you even... Why are you even doing this? You know? Um, but I want to get back to Pasternak because we did not spend enough time on him. Why do you think he signed on the day that he did? That's where That was my second question. Oh. <laughs> I never got to it. <laughs> I think it's just at that point, everyone involved was motivated to get this shit done now. Um, the team didn't want the distraction of carrying it out into camp. Pasternak wanted to be playing there with it, or playing him with the team because he loves hockey so fucking much. You can see it with every time, every moment he's on the ice. Right. So I think it's just everyone was particularly motivated. And at this point, um, my guess is what he his AAV is probably about what the Bruins were offering for for whatever the term was. And so they found the term that worked for that dollar amount. I, I think that's the the biggest thing. I agree with that. I think I think he just wanted to play. I think he doesn't seem like to me, he doesn't see the personality that he seems to have doesn't seem like he wants to hold out for the top dollar. He wants to be on the ice. He doesn't want to be that guy that's holding out, the guy that's not there. And he seems to genuinely like his teammates and like this team. I think that's a big thing as well. And, I mean, I think the the dollar amount is really good, not only for him, but for the Bruins. I mean, it's over $6 million a year. But at the same time, he's going to get another big deal. It, it is a, a deal that, you know, both sides should be very, very happy with. The player the agent and the team management also too i assume he has a savvy agent and being a holdout has rarely gone well for the player long term so um, yeah the good best example for that recent in, in the cap era would be kyle turris mm-hmm. yeah. who um held out with the i don't remember what, even what year it was but uh with the Coyotes at a time when he was not a player that had the clout to be able to do that because he hadn't been all that great yet. 
Mm-hmm. He didn't play until December. He signed a shitty deal right before the cutoff. And then, and of course, got traded shortly after. He was like a fourth overall pick or something like that. Was traded for a second and David fucking Runblad. Now that's worked out really well for the Sens. Good on them. But uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, as we and as we know from Twitter and Periscope streams, at any time Pasternak showed up. His teammates just would comment, sign the deal already. I think that what McAvoy maybe did that. Um, yeah. It was a few yeah. times. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, Brad Marchand was asked at a golf tournament, I think. I think it was the, the annual uh, putts and pucks or something. Uh, and, it, and he said, I don't care if he signed for more money than, than me. We all just want people to succeed and be happy and play. So we want to win. So congratulations if he gets signed for more. Who cares? I'm paraphrasing grandly, but the, the sentiment is he didn't care. And now we have you know. Bergie, Marshy, and Pasta signed for a combined... 19 point something million. 19.6666. Yeah, take that, Black That is fucking criminal, isn't it? It really should be illegal. I mean... It's, it's it's ridiculous how good that is, and I don't know. I I I like that that they signed him to that deal, and I think the players in general are pretty happy with it too. Because Pasta, I mean, having him long term is just a good thing. It's it's nothing but good. That deal. I mean, the only thing that stinks is it's not longer. That's the only thing that's wrong with this deal. Yeah, but you know what? I think that he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll make more money earlier, and that'll be fine. And again, he'll be whether it's with the Bruins or somewhere else. That team will get more value out of that contract because he'll be younger when he signs it than if he he was 29. Who knows? Maybe uh, Sweeney's going to try to start some kind of new trend in free agency. You know, dealing with RFAs, signing them to shorter deals, just slightly shorter deals. This has been a thing in the past, though. Um, Stamkos and Tavares and and, um, Sagan um, all their second deals basically take him to 27-year-old UFA. Well, maybe Sweeney just doesn't see a value in stretching it out two more years. You know, maybe he thinks like, oh, I'll get better deal uh, value that way or yeah, well, I, I figure he's trying to stretch it out longer because, you know, he probably recognized that, yes, I am my badly overpaid David Backus. Um, Krejci is over is, is overpaid. We have these, con- these other contracts that still fucking exist and aren't going to go away. I think I think we've covered it. Yep. Okay. All right. Cool. So pretty quickly, I think we're getting a pretty good idea of what a lot of the lines are going to look like at camp based on uh, the tweets from the various insiders and um, uh, what's this uh, at Bruins Network, which is uh, a new account of some sort, I guess, because uh, this person appeared at, has appeared out of the woodwork and is excellent. <laughs> and um, some interesting things are coming out of it, like where they seem to be planning on playing Anders Bjork. Yes. <laughs> No, I'm uh, I'm just a bit amazed. I I, I uh, admittedly I do not know the Bruins' prospects as well as I have in the past. So this Burt guy, I'm like, okay, I guess he's good. Well, I my my guess was so far seems to be correct. Yeah. So. Okay, would you like to elaborate on Sorry. that? Anders Bjork is being appears to be being slated to be the right wing for Bergeron and Marchand. Which is amazing. And they they, play, they started playing from there right away, and he seems to be building chemistry with them pretty fucking quickly. Commentary saying how he looks like he belongs there. And how he's been playing there for a few years. Like, already. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, so Anders Bjork on the first line, which is interesting, because, um... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, time out. His name isn't really Anders, it's Anderson. Did you know that? Really? That's weird, because Anders is an actual name, usually. Oh. Anderson, oh, Anderson Patrick. Patrick. Okay. Huh. Well, that's a... Yes, that's why I'm thinking, like, oh, he's got to be Swedish. I understand that. See? Uh, yes, he's from Wisconsin. Go on. Keep going. Talking about camp. <laughs> so wow. that's interesting. 
So that's an interesting line, and I have suspicions that means we could see some really fucking huge things from, from Bjork this year. Like, um, serious, like, legit Dark Horse Calder guy, potentially, if he sticks on that line for the season. Uh, would you say he's got uh, better Calder potential than McAvoy? Yes. Less buzz, but possibly better potential. Okay, I think, okay. I think it's hard for a defenseman to get the Calder, realistically speaking. Yeah, you gotta have, like, a ding, ding, ding. big year to be recognized. Like Cam Fowler, his rookie, which... He, he didn't, because that was Jeff Skinner that got it that year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your point's proven. Continue. <laughs> yes. Yes. <VA>. yes! <laughs> I, I'm going like apoplectic over here. <laughs> um. Uh. Yes. Uh. Last year on a uh, puck soup. Um. Basically. Uh. Wish and Lozo broke down the the Calder Cup and how it should go. The the voting. Um. You know goalies. You know, rookie goalies should get more weight than than rookie defensemen, and rookie defensemen should get more than rookie forwards, and centers of the forwards should get more weight. Like, basically, the harder the position, you should get more consideration. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? But that's not how it happens. What happens is it's the forward, and most likely a center, who scores the most who gets to, to win the Calder. That's that's yeah. how it is. Interestingly, the most two most recent goalies to win the Calder um, didn't really have uh, things work out that well for them longer term. Was Raycroft um, one of the most recent ones? Raycroft and Steve Mason. Yep, Steve um, Mason was up for the Vezina his rookie year as well. He led the led the NHL in shutouts that year. Yeah, yeah. So don't uh, Scott Gomez won the Calder, which he actually had some very good years. Then Barrett, really Barrett, bad ones. Barrett Jackman won the Calder. 2003 or 2002? One of those years. One of those. I think three, maybe. You mean that that corpse that was on the ice for the Preds? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he won the fucking Calder as a stay-at-home defenseman. Don't get me wrong, it was dead puck era. So that was like, you know, big deal, right? But still. (laughs) Totally, yeah. I mean, it's been better more recently-ish. But anyway. So now they're they're skating uh, Pasternak with Krejci. And um, it seems that they're planning on going with uh, Jake DeBrusque as their left wing, Ooh. which is creates the possibility for a serious clusterfuck with the third third line left wing situation. Because um, third and fourth line left wing, we have a lot of guys competing for this. Of course, uh, on paper, the front runners would be Bolesky and Vetrano, but you still have guys like um, you, you still have Schaller and you have Ken Agostino in the mix, and you still have. And, and, and Sean Corrali and, and Jesse Gabriel all all in this, this this melee for those positions. Plus, further complicated by the fact that you still have both Ryan Spooner and JFK. And I've seen some things to suggest that JFK may bump Ryan Spooner to the third line left wing, which wow. I don't think is a good idea. We've seen what happens with Ryan Spooner on, on the wing, and it's not good. You know, considering the fact that Pasternak signed so late, and we we missed our opportunity to really look at other veteran debt, I'll say. Uh, although we were probably going to look at D, not really forwards. But I'm I'm interested to see how this is going to play out. But I I would rather have more people than fewer people. Oh, you yeah, know? absolutely. But what we're seeing potentially is Matt Bolesky, who's still got three years on his contract, maybe being edged out. Because I've read some things that say he hasn't looked great in camp, trying too hard and things like that, and not getting turnover on his uh, efforts. And we probably can't trade him easily. Uh, he's going to, uh, trading him would probably cost a prospect or a pick in exchange for a lower pick. Yeah. You know, standard standard uh, salary dump trade. But yeah, so I don't know how that plans out, right? You have to figure either Tim Schaller or Ken Agostino is 13th forward because they're both uh, cheap on, on cheap one-way ticket, one-way deals. Now, granted, they could also be sent down and be completely buried because they're that cheap, but... 
that's sort of that's the contract you want for a 13th board <laughs> right my guess is that Schaller would stay and Agostino might go down but I mean I know what you get with Schaller you know and Agostino is still kind of unproven commodity here yes um plus there's still all the prospects that are supposed to be pushing push for that for the like, fourth line left wing right like I mean I want based on the playoffs I want a, a, a Nash Corrali Achari fourth line it's gonna be a fucking lot of fun but I don't think that's likely to happen we have too many guys that are further up the food chain right now wow not necessarily people that deserve the role more but again, and, and there's still the matter of Frank Vetrano. Now, Frank Vetrano can be sent down without uh, waivers. So that's nifty. I think actually, oh no, shit. According to he isn't. I thought he was still waiver waiver exempt, but according to Cap Friendly, he isn't. Well, that's a complication because uh, Frank Vetrano would not clear waivers. I don't think. No, people would take a gamble on him. Matt Froyo Frazier got picked up, and certainly Frank Vetrano. Yeah, um, people took snatched up Seth Griffith. I'm pretty sure someone would take Frank Vetrano. Yeah. You know, one team that won't be able to pick him up probably. Well, no, actually, they could probably pick him up this year. It would be the Oilers, but next year they couldn't afford him because they can't afford anybody. But yeah, so I don't know what to expect there because again, that's a it's four left wings competing for two, but at least four left wings, possibly. Five, if you want to count Clarelli or more for competing for two spots for three spots, we'll say three of those five guys of those four guys. One of them will be 13th forward. Two of them will get a roster spot, but it could be less. Again, there's the matter of Spooner and JFK. What happened? How that plays out? What if Spooner gets traded? That simplifies things. And uh, so, and, the, and Tim and would Tim win. Wins a, a trophy. So yeah. So I have no idea what to expect there. If you end up having to wave someone, my choice would be wave Agostino. Someone takes him, and okay, well, shit, big deal. I have nothing, um, nothing for or against him. He's just a business deal. But who's a person? Ultimately, Bolesky still presents a problem. He will be better than last year. There's no way he could be that bad again because he's a better player than that. But I'm just starting to think that there isn't a place for him on this team anymore. Yeah, I don't think there is. And he's um, under contract think, for three more years. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Do you ship him out with uh, Spooner? Cast of misfit toys, just gets sent somewhere. That's a fair bit of money to send to send out in one trade for people. Um, you know, I mean, because that's a uh, between the two of them, that's what um, well over six million. Yeah, never mind. Duh. It's, uh, uh, Arizona's got to be able to afford that. Yes. <laughs> or Florida. <laughs> Carolina. They get they. Car- well, I- they actually think they could probably use a center. Yeah, they need a center um, and, a, and okay. one more winger, which surprises me why they have not signed Yager yet, but that's another subject. So that would actually work really well. Now, um, you'd get value for Spooner. Basically, I think you would just get value for Spooner and possibly less in the interest of them taking Bolesky. I say we send Nick over to uh, <laughs> the... Uh, go talk Go talk to Ronnie over. Franchise for us there, Nick. I know where he works. It's <laughs> uh, an 18-minute drive from me. Right, and you already know Justin Falk's girlfriend, so you got an in. Yeah, I know she likes limes. <laughs> <laughs> I think this sounds like it's going to set up really great. I think you should do it, Nick. And then you'll be a sports agent. Oh, my God. And I can finally, like, I think it's, I, I mentioned this on the podcast, Scout Johnson, who keeps on fucking calling and emailing me to buy season tickets for the Carolina Hurricanes, I'd be like, yo, Scout Johnson, you're my employee now bitch um no i just don't like scout johnson for him always calling me okay well yeah I, I, he's but, um you know it would be some justice like no i don't need season tickets i make deals happen just give me some tickets <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i got this badge i get some in for free excuse me i have to go stock produce now and figure out what <laughs> scott darling's fiance enjoys i don't know meyer lemons there you go i know where those uh, are 
great. Uh, everybody likes key lime pie, by the way. So, you know, do that. Okay. Um, so, so honestly, what do you want to happen there, Jeff? I don't know. I'm thinking really hard on it. Because, like, I think what the most... I have a hunch in my head what the most likely configuration is. Um, and that results in in a, um, a third line that would be JFK centering Spooner and Bacchus. Valeski in the third line... On the fourth line, left wing. And one of Schaller, Vetrano, and Agostino waved. You can keep two. There's enough roster spots to keep two forwards. Uh, to keep two extra forwards. But um, that's... That's my feeling of where it's going to end up. It's not what I want. My preference, I think, would be to send down JFK. Roll Spooner at 3C for now. And then, you know, give the positions to who earns them the most, regardless of salary and position and, and, and salary and so forth. Um, I still really, really want Frank Vetrano to work out. And I think he'd be a better fit on that line opposite Bacchus than Bolesky because I think Spooner flanked by Bolesky and uh, and Bacchus is going to have the same problems as Spooner flanked by Bolesky and, and Hayes did. Yeah, it's just it's it's not enough speed around Spooner, and I so I don't I, I fear that line becoming a thing just on a matter of contracts. I. Th- you think my preference would be knowing that Bleski's going nowhere. Bleski is fourth line left wing. Vitrano's third line left wing. Schaller or Agostino, 13th forward. Probably Schaller because he's more versatile. Multiple mul- multiple positions and all that. Do you think that Frank Vitrano's defensive liabilities would be a bad thing on the third and fourth lines? You know what? You can use a third line as an exploitation line. Because that fourth line, if we have the right wingers on it, is going to be able to eat some mean fucking minutes. And our first line's Bergeron. Mean fucking minutes. That means we have two lines that we can have as, as, as scoring exploitation lines. The Krejci line, which again, Krejci can take some pretty hard minutes too, but why bother if you can avoid it? And that third line with Spooner centering it, there's no reason to give that hard minutes. Like two years ago, um, well, all, well, no, the, the all of the... the the Soderberg third lines were all exploitation lines. They, oh, were, they were given soft minutes and offensive zone deployments for the purpose of just scoring. I know. I, I Look, these are the things I have to ask. That's all. Because my brain tells me to. <laughs> a slave to your brain. But I don't really, so I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great problem to have. But longer term, something needs to be decided about how to handle the Bleski situation. Well, thankfully, this is above our pay grade. It is. Like way above yeah. our pay grade. Most because our pay grade's bagel. Um. Bagel? Yes! <laughs> work for this, this, uh, this team. Man, you guys get bagels? Like, I get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like they're making me pay to do this job. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just the Arthur Dent of, Hot, of Bruins podcasters. So <laughs> that's the beginning. That's the new beginning of my tw- uh, of my Twitter bio, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, oh. You did see what I was wearing today, right? Bruins jersey. Jersey. It's too hot for a jersey. Although I saw somebody at the beer fest yesterday wearing a uh, Thornton jersey. I'm like, Phew, too hot. Back is 42. The answer? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I wish I could say it was random. I was like, nah. I feel like wearing this today. So it was a little manufactured, but it was right in the pile that I was looking in. So a neatly folded pile. Mm. It was. It was there. So that's fine. I think we know who the eight defensemen are going. The seven defensemen are going to be. We have seven guys. We have you know five guys on one-way contracts, and then we have Carlo and McAvoy. So that one's pretty straightforward. It's the structure of that group that's intriguing. Sounds like they're planning on keeping Char and Carlo together. That wasn't my first choice, but for the reasons the rest of the roster is going to shake out, it makes sense. I think that Carlo could learn a lot more from 
Z. I was wanting to tr- take a run at Carlo, Ma- at, at Krug Carlo. Oh. Yeah, keep him with Chara right now. He's well, still I, I know I wanted McAvoy to learn from Chara was what I was thinking. Well, who is he being pa- uh, paired it up with? It sounds like McAvoy and Kevin Miller for the third pair. Yeah, people keep talking about it like it'll be the second pair where, and, and Tori Krug will be third person. What the fuck is wrong with Boston media? Anyway, <laughs> any that sorry. Yeah, that's the point. So right now it sounds... I actually kind of, I kind of like that pairing a little bit. Oh, I actually do like that pairing. And the re- part of the reason I do like that pairing is ultimately because while I would love our top four to be um, Z, McAvoy, and then Krug, Carlo, problem is then the second pairing, the third pairing becomes terrifying because it ends up being Kevin Miller and Adam McQuaid. Yeah, no, I, I actually kind of like Kevin Miller with McAvoy, but it's only because I think Kevin took a step forward Oh, absolutely. I, I, I've been very open. And- I, I actually like Kevin Miller as a player now. And I am on the record, and I am on the record of the first episode of this podcast saying, quote, fuck Kevin Miller. <laughs> now, see, I liked Kevin Miller when he immediately came up and filled in for Zuddenberg. And then, then I grew to hate him because his game kind of regressed in a way. He was injured. The, the shoulder line. thing. Uh, the crab oh, yeah, rock, rock. Whatever the fuck Oh, that God, was. no. <laughs> yeah, so it's like all those things. It was like, oh, I was so down on Kevin Miller. But then he had a surprisingly good year last year after he signed his new contract. And you know what? Kevin was a beast I'm in just the not... playoffs. Well, well, he had to be because like all of the defense. Well, was yes, good. there's that. But like the point is, he rose to the fucking occasion. Right, and so you know, I like the Kevin Miller McAvoy thing. And you know what? Just because we come out of camp and go into the regular season with like these lines doesn't mean oh, yeah, they absolutely. stay like that forever. Injuries. Have- so it's like I'm hearing real I've been uh, reading really good things about O'Gara this camp. Yeah, so you never know what's going to happen and people have opportunities during the season. But uh, hey, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that line. So does that still leave like McQuaid and Krug together? Yeah, I, I still don't like McQuaid playing that far up the roster and I I, I don't I you know, love Adam McQuaid, really do. He's been good for this. He's, he's been, you know, so, so loyal to this team, but um, I just don't like Bolesky. I just don't think there's a place for him here anymore, or at least there shouldn't be. I think there's a place for him, but, um, but the, the thing is, is that uh, I, I hope that we don't need to use him for that. I think he has a, a muscle. Uh, there's, a, there's a muscle need there, and I, I don't want to have to use it. That's true, because while Kevin Miller can also provide that, he's too valuable defensively. You don't want him creating a penalty we'll throw it his yeah, yeah, or creating a penalty kill and not being there to kill it <laughs> right right so i mean i was thinking about this the other day it's like if you were playing like dungeon dragons with the bruins team like let's just like you know like you have your various characters and stuff like that and like let's say you your character was adam McQuaid, whatever and you were rolling something and you were like i make a play and it's always delay of game <laughs> <laughs> He just he just he, he goes to roll his D twenty and throws it out the window. <laughs> exactly. I can just see everyone sitting around the table like, God damn it, Melitnor, go get your fucking dice. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I think there's a place for Kevin, uh, for Kevin. There's a place for Kevin Miller, but there's a place for Adam McQuaid. And we've got what, two more seasons on that? Or is it one more? Two more. And again, it's not necessarily that I specifically want Adam McQuaid gone. I just think that there's better options. 
Yep, yep. But uh, you know what? As long as there are people out there who want to maintain some kind of big bad Bruins mentality, he's going to have a little bit of a uh, I, will, I will agree he is one of the last bodies that do that. Yes. So, And for that reason, even though I didn't actually like him on the team, I will always like Lucic. Nostalgia. You don't need to justify nostalgia. No, no, I agree with you. And, and he was fun to watch. I don't miss it. I don't miss him at all and never have. But he was a fun player to have around yeah. when he wasn't, you know, caught up in his own bullshit. Yeah. And <laughs> I think when McQuaid is one day off this team, I think we'll have similar feelings. Oh, he was cool. He was, you know, he, he was the bad hombre. One mean hombre. I still think his mullet's like give him Samson powers. He used to yeah. throw that shit back. He and needs to bring back the mullet. Yeah. Adam McQuaid, stop listening to your girlfriend and grow the mullet back out. I mean, if the Yager can do it and he gets all the tail in the world, you can do it too. All the hey. he has all the tail in space time. Yager gets all the tail in space time. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. In space time. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you said FaceTime. Like, wow. We- no, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 science joke. <laughs> no, no, I, I got it right away. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So you get it in so many, like, times and dimensions and everything. Wow, that just, it's getting worse. Okay, um, so, yes, grow your mullet. God damn it. But in general, though, that's a great, I think that's going to be a great defensive group. Like, like quietly, quietly underrated for sure. You know what? I don't want people to be talking about them like they're the greatest thing. That leaves room for disappointment and failure. Last year, we thought that defense was going to suck to high heaven. And it held its own. It did. It held its own. Let's have low expectations and high hope and we'll leave it there. You know, I think they're going to be better than last year. And I'm not going to put a lot of pressure on them because last year I thought they would suck. And and they turned out okay. I, I and so they all fell apart. I agree with you completely because um, I mean, they are going to be better because I think McAvoy plus Posma is better than Chiller plus Lyles plus Mora. Well, anything. Also, it's one less Mora. roster spot. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. How are we all on the the chiller thing? Like, I'm I'm fine. No, I've, I've chilled out a bit. I'm I I still don't like that he was. <laughs> 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 I, I still don't like that he was if they elected to expose him but eh. i would argue that uh the predators lost more and get in in having to expose neil oh yeah than we lost with colin miller so i mean teams lost things that they wanted in in that in that oh, draft or, that's what happened your say the cats and traded riley smith for oh, the privilege of having jonathan marcheso taken from you <laughs> That oh god! I mean, that was. Oh, you that see, was that, you see, see what they did today? They traded Jason Demers for for freaking Jamie McGinn today. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So guess what? Teams have lost far more than we did, and I think we should just be happy about that and and find that we just lost Chiller. And it look Chiller took way too long to find his game, and there's no guarantee that he actually found it. Well, and there's the thing about it is Chiller now is gonna he's going to fucking drown having to be the first pairing right D. Sink or swim, baby. Sink or swim. It's like, you know, both he and um, uh, Nate Schmidt are perfectly good players. I don't think either of them are even kind of up to the challenge of what's about to be asked of them, though. <laughs> hey. Well, I'll tell you all about it when I see them out in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> I mean, you'll see it, too. But, you know, like, I'll tell you about it. There's one last camp thing, and there's been very little noise on this. Backup goalie. Is it going to be Dobby or is it going to be Zane? It's going to start out as Dobby. I think so as well. He's got, if for no other reason than contract reasons. Um, and importantly, I believe, just give me a moment on this. 
But uh, Zane is still waiver is still waiver ineligible, so Zane can go down without having to go through waivers, which is yeah. a big, which is important. I know that Dobby does not read lifts as well as uh, Zane does. Oh, that clip! Fans <laughs> go out there. That was a good clip. I don't know if it was on Twitter or YouTube. I couldn't remember. But yeah, I guess the Bruins thought it'd be hilarious if they put earmuffs on a guy and on one play and then another player says something and the other player with earmuffs has to guess what he said and it was just it was hysterical uh i think they were wearing no- noise canceling uh, headphones and yeah those wacky hockey players riley nash was saying tom brady but riley Matt nash has like no muscle definition in his lips so i can see how it looked like yeah <laughs> <laughs> Brazil was such a square and defined jaw that the, the musculature is weird with him, yes. He's got no lips. He's got no lips. So... <laughs> oh, yeah, so he just kind of looked like a fish opening its mouth. He's like a can- Canadians on South Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God! That makes Riley Nash the most Canadian Canadian. Yes. buddy guy (laughs) your friend guy (laughs) that was the first episode of south park i ever saw really there's no canada like french canada i love that one and the guy's from labrador the newfoundlander (laughs) i see you can't shut him at the base all right so riley nash is the most canadian canadian because he speaks like a south park character until you listen to an interview with Jake, Jake DeBrusque, who is like Manitoba incarnate. <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. Okay. Is he going to go tell you that uh, Saskatchewan's really flat? Oh, it is. Not yeah, you know, Manitoba's he's, really he's, flat. He's, he's, he's like Bob and Doug McKenzie rendered teenager form. Oh my god. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Dobby will probably start off as the... And we still have... We have Zane and we have Malcolm. And they both have identical deals. Yeah, it's... Where they can be in the AHL or in the NHL this year. I think next year... Well, I, think they're, is it... I think they're both two-way both years. Hang on. Zane is... They're identical. Yes. I know yeah. that. No, they're both... It is, two, it is a two-way both years. Okay, two-way both years. Okay, so, you know what? That's all said. Whatever happens there, it happens. But, uh, you know, Dobby could be buried. Who knows? Only m- one more year on that, yeah. right? And here's the thing about, actually, um, the burial number this year is over a million, which means that his uh, remaining cap hit, should he get buried, will be Dobby plus Messane would be less of a cap hit than Dobby. Wow. That's fine. <laughs> Significantly so, actually. So basically what we can say coming out of camp right now, you know, it's not even a week into camp, but we can say that the team is looking better than not. Yeah. In a lot of situations. Yes. And that um, professional tryout Teddy Purcell is not going to make the team. Is that the same Purcell that got stoned by Tim Thomas in the 2011? Yes. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. The, um, uh, it's been a while since we've had a Newfie on the team, but um, uh, uh, this Newfie's not going to be on the team. Gotcha. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, PTO. Well, you just you know you, you have you know there's there's the rules about guys who have the ex have the minimum number of NHL games played. In you have to have a certain number of veterans per every um, uh, preseason game. So he's going to be a warm body. We need to move along a little bit here, uh, talking about training camp things. The Bruins actually start playing games tomorrow. Mm. So now I think it's time to do a preseason version of sexy schedule reading. Giving you some idea of where you can catch some of these things. Uh, it is Jeff. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are entering the preseason for the 17-18 Boston Bruins season. And they have a busy first week. So tomorrow, it's Monday, September 18th. They play the month they play the hated Habs, but not in Boston and not in Montreal. They're playing in Quebec City, so it's going to be the Patrice Bergeron show all day. Unfortunately, you can only see this at 7 p.m. tomorrow on RDS, so that's uh, French TSN. <laughs> <laughs> it's TSN is the language of love. <laughs> <laughs> so turn your lights down low and turn the stereo <laughs> up and enjoy the game. <laughs> and then Tuesday they play the Detroit Red Wings at the Garden, but that's the game that dareth not speaketh its name. It will not be broadcast. Bum, bum, bum. I want to say that that's my husband's birthday, so happy birthday, Glenn, and hey, that gives us an excuse to go out. Oh, excellent. And then, and then, Thursday, the 21st, they play Flyers at the Garden. That will be on Nessen. We're gonna get to hear the dulcet tones of Jack and Brick all over again. <laughs> Don't forget NHL Network for those out of the area. Yes. And the last game this week on the 23rd against the Red Wings again, this time in Detroit. Yeah, that'll be on NHL Network and Fox Sports Detroit Plus. Plus. <laughs> There's no sexy way to say that. You might as well do the last three. Okay, that's true. That's true. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be away for a few weeks, so rest of the pre of the preseason. Next Monday, September 25th, uh, Black, the hated Blackhawks at the Garden, broadcast on Nesson Plus. Flyers again on the 28th at the Wells Fargo Center, broadcast on whatever TCM Philly is. And on the 30th against Chicago again in Chicago, broadcasting on CSN Chicago. Yeah, we really get the shaft in those last ones, don't we? Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if... Somewhere out there, NHL.com, just like, here you go. Here's a stream. Go jump in it and drown for those final games. I mean, it's just Philly and Chicago, so eh. But. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know how we're going to find a replacement for the first week for sexy schedule reading. I could do it with my southern accent. <laughs> hey, y'all. This is Nick with sexy schedule talk. <laughs> <laughs> First, go find your cousin. <laughs> Second, go find your other cousin. <laughs> Get a big stick of butter. And I'm going to stop there. Yeah, you just big and not in a good way. 
I'm sorry, I should have said your sister. Okay. Um, sorry. Grab your sister cousin and go to town. <laughs> sister cousin, huh? Go grab your sister granny and let's go. <laughs> We're almost ready for Oh, God. Yeah, don't worry, folks. It's the preseason for yes, us, too. I'm looking yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> if Tim did it, it would just be puns, really bad puns <laughs> the whole time. And it would be like, oh, Tim, no. That's um, how this color by the way, goes. <laughs> Jeff, just for the record, could you tell me what that first game of the season is? Like the, the, the regular season? Oh. Who's going to be here? Oh, yeah, I can do that. You know. <laughs> you have to look it up. No, I, I know the answer. No, I'm going. Like, I want to see the day. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Thursday, October fifth, Bruins open the season against Roman Yossi and the Predators. God. <laughs> Got a little bit into that one. Going to be there. At the TD Garden, I, 7 p.m. <laughs> I'm just saying it might be flooded. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Ladies, wow. grab your pumpkin spice lattes <laughs> and your Yossi pictures and go to town. <laughs> I don't need to go to the stadium to do that. <laughs> I just like how Tim's like, and go to town. Just, just, go to town. Just, just do what you gotta do, you know? <laughs> I'm hoping that he will be named the next captain by then. Well, obviously, they'll do it before the end of the season. They'll actually, the do it in a pregame ceremony at the garden to just really fuck with you. Yep. Yep. I'll be there. My ass is gonna be in that seat at like five. The garden's gonna. The garden security is gonna be like, we're not even open yet, and you're gonna be like, I don't give a crap. Let me in. (laughs) (laughs) I've got low seating, baby. I actually got tickets pretty easily through Ticketmaster. I only refused four sets of tickets beforehand because they were all club seats. They were a little more expensive than I wanted to pay for, but I'm excited. I get to see opening night. All the flash and stuff. But anyway, yes, thank you for telling me what the the um, first game of the season will be because I needed to hear that. No Sweet. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for not making it weird. <laughs> I do what I do. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Do we have anything else? Uh Last thing I want to say is uh, there's talk of extending Zidane Chara. He will probably not come in a huge price tag. How, is, how do people feel about that? Keep him uh, as long as he wants to be here. I prefer not to sign him now. Let's I would prefer to wait till the end of the season. Okay. But you know what? As long as he's capable of playing and he wants to be there and the team wants him, sign him. It's a lot of caveats, but you know. Eh. But they're realistic caveats, really. <laughs> But I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. He's, he's, he's always going to be 41 at the end of the season. It has to be year by year. And you have to wait till the – I want them to wait. I want them to get a – you know, sign him, you know, now. And then, oh, shit. 
Frank, he broke in half. See, I think that's the thing. I think as long as he's able to play and willing to play, I think the team will give him a perpetual one-year deal worth reasonable money, kind of, until he decides to retire. All right. Well, you know, I'm not ready to give up on him yet, but, uh, you know, I guess it really depends on how long he wants to sign for and how much or or how much the team wants to do. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, we'll cross that bridge as we uh, get to it later on. Yes. So the other things that I have on here will be for next time. So that'll be good. Any final thoughts? Listeners, thank you for sticking with us for two seasons. And uh, please keep coming back for more. It's the season finale, right? So, you know. It is. It is. You're right. You're right. That's fireworks. Season finale. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were doing the light switch, Ray. I'm like. Uh, that should just be our new thing. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I have new things I can play with and make things like that. Okay, excellent. Uh, yeah, okay. So cool. Um, oh, <laughs> ready? Let's shout out the places that you can find us. All right, on the count of three? <laughs> no. Nick, shout something. Girl, play! What? He's passed a stone. <laughs> uh, uh, iTunes. Okay. Stitcher. Apparently. All right. Google Play. Google Play. Okay. SoundCloud. Woo! That's it. That's the audio stuff. And then you can find us on Twitter and Barely on Top uh, at Barely on Topic. And you can find us on Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast. Um, I, I don't really want to say any more. It's 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 been long and hot and all that stuff. And Ooh. I'm very excited to edit this. <laughs> you know it does. Oh, Tim, take us out. Word.